Um, so Lucas, uh, what's, I, I know roughly what time of the year that you're born, uh, but you'll have to forgive me for being a little bit ignorant of the, of the signs. Which sign are you? Oh, I'm an Aquarius, okay? You know, I love, I'm opinionated, I'm a little bit spacey, Will, you know what I mean? Head in the clouds, but I got lots of opinions. That's me, Mr. Aquarius. Well, according to a new article on Screen Rant, I know exactly who your Arthur character is that you would be paired up with based on your Zodiac sign. Oh my, oh my goodness. Let me guess. I bet Screen Rant thinks that like Fern or Sue Ellen is an Aquarius, right? You got it right exactly the first time. It's Fern. Okay, interesting, interesting. Now, where are you, Will? You strike me as a Cancer. It is Cancer season. That might be why I'm saying. No, that, actually, but... no, actually, I'm a Virgo. Mine's ne- mine's next month. You're a, you're a Virgo, really? Yeah. You have to know the Moon sign and the Rising sign, Will. That's the way it goes. Okay. Um, who's the most Virgo Arthur character? Ooh, it so might, you're not gonna like this one. It might not I feel be, like it's Muffy. In, uh, I was gonna say it might not be who you expect. Muffy. So it's not. No, Muffy isn't. Muffy's a different sign. Uh, who's Virgo? What's the Virgo one? It's Pal. <laughs> that doesn't count. Oh, Pal. sure it does. <laughs> Pal kind of has a person. I well, I guess what he's British, but like I don't know. They do make a point. I don't know about, th- that. In, I don't know about all that. Well, in this article, they do make the point of saying that it's when pa- Pal has a has the person when he talks with Kate, like that personality. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> that could that could be that, that makes a little bit more sense, I suppose. Now I'm I'm so curious. I want to know them all. Uh, what by ch- any chance is Arthur's sign? Let me get. Is it a Leo? Is Arthur a Leo? Uh, it's an L, but it's not a Leo. It's a Libra. He's a Libra. Okay, Arthur's pretty empathetic. You know what? That actually makes a lot of sense because Arthur's obsessed with everyone liking him. <laughs> is that a Libra thing? Oh yeah, baby. They're mediators to a fault. I think we need to look at all sides. Okay, Libra. Uh, there's so much I don't know about the signs, and I admit I'm I, other than you know where which one I am, and but even which one corresponds to which month, the the rising, the moon, the houses. I don't know. It's it's all it's all another language to me. Yeah, it's 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 you would say it's all Greek to you, but it's not Greek. It's whatever. I don't know. What are, what are the planets like? That's that's a Greek, right? Mars is like, that's Roman? I don't know. I think it's a little... If, I feel like sometimes it's a bit of everything. I don't know. All right. Well, a little I, bit of everything. I wanted, to give, <laughs> I wanted to get that off right off the bat. Lucas, it's good to hear from you again here on uh, Elwood City Limits. It's the Episodic Arthur podcast, and uh, my name's Will Young. And it feels like it's been a little while, but we're back at it again on a beautiful, beautiful summer day. That's right. Happy cancer season to all the cancers out there. You emotional people, you. Um, no, it's good to be back with two new Arthur episodes. Yeah, and man, we, when we take a when we take just a little bit of a break, and d- to be fair, we did have an episode uh, last week. It just wasn't on the main timeline. Whenever we take a little bit of a break, we get a lot, a lot of correspondence. 
and uh, a lot of uh, people with things to say. So let's head on over there. Communiques. Yes. Telegrams singing and otherwise over at ElwoodCityLimits at gmail.com. That's where people send emails like yourself and other people such as Kelsey, who wanted to get her quick thoughts in. Uh, about when Carl met George. Unfortunately, she was uh, out of out of town the week that we put that episode up, so she wasn't able to get her feedback in. Um, she's really glad that we talked about it. That's me and DJ Bob talking about the episode when Carl met George. And Lucas, when we get there ourselves, I'll be interested to talk about that uh, with you. Kelsey says, I was somewhat upset when some people from the autism community at the time compared Carl to Sheldon Cooper, but some on Tumblr during this time also wanted Ratburn to be on the spectrum, even though I personally and hypothetically think Ratburn would be considered a stereotype if he were to be on the spectrum. I'm glad there are some people on the spectrum out there who love Carl because he is just one person on it. Well, Kelsey, thank you very much uh, for your for your feedback there. And again, we got some really wonderful feedback that is the cornerstone of that episode so i really want to say a big thanks to everybody who did so and uh, i'm really proud of how that whole thing came across and how it came out uh we move on now let's go to, to a little bit of a back of the line here one of our patrons yoshi butter and a lot more uh, I've been listening to ECL and For the Kids, our Patreon podcast on my walks around my neighborhood. Get a lot of joy and comfort from them. Listening to the latest ECL app, I realize how much Will and I have in common. Mm. My younger sister disliked the taste of meat when we were kids. Sounds like my wife. Our stay-at-home dad would make our lunches, and my sister would get margarine and peanut butter sandwiches. She's a lot less picky now, but that was a staple for a while. Interesting. Kind of lubricate up the peanut butter there. Uh, secondly, I'm 27, and I can't ride a bike. I've tried to learn, but physical constraints, I'm five foot one, can't reach the pedals on some models, have made it challenging. However, my partner really wants me to learn so we can ride together. Have either of you ever done or learned something new for a friend and loved one and ended up enjoying it? I could really use the encouragement. Well, Lucas, you've been learning how to, how to uh, balance on a board, so to speak. That's right. That's right. I mean, this wasn't really for a loved one. This was for myself. Right. But I, at, in my 25 years of age, uh, I started trying to learn to skateboard about two weeks ago. Um, and I'm not very good. Uh, I fall all the time. Uh, just even tr- try to get around. Um, but I can hit an ollie like one in every four times. And that's, you know what, Will? Let me tell you something. First time I hit an ollie. I yelped like a little child because I was so excited. Pure euphoria, Will. Just like a serotonin dump elation to be like, I just tried to do this for like an hour and now I could kind of do it. Um, so that made it all worth it. So imagine how that would feel getting on that bicycle. That's awesome. Um, I'd also say that, you know, they make adjustable seats. I feel like they, should, you know, poor Yoshi could adjust the seat. You know, lots of kids. I feel like kids are the primary people who ride bikes there should be lots of small bikes yeah you would think so i mean well in that case they might be tricycles but i don't know if yoshi's quite that short enough for a tricycle maybe one of those cool long tricycles like we were talking about before um have what have you maybe let's just forego this whole bike thing let's just get on the skateboard yoshi or a scooter scooters are back in razor scooters I don't know about the scooters, Will. Okay. You know, as a as a as a veteran, uh, as a veteran skater, uh, you know, all but a, all of two weeks, us skaters we don't look too kindly on the scooter kits. Wow. Oh. Okay. It's it's a lot of like nineteen eighties, 
um, the warriors style uh, uh, gang territory warfare over uh, who gets the skate park, the scooter kids, Ooh. or you know us, us skater, us skater boys and girls. Hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't know. I'm not cool enough for either for either one of them. So um, that that's not true, by the way. Most of those people are like 11. I don't <laughs> I don't harass poor 11 year olds, so I could I could uh, uh, barely skate on this skate park. That is not something that occurs. <laughs> Um, in terms of learning something for a loved one, I can't really think of anything. I can, like, you know, I've adopted behaviors or like viewing habits and stuff like that, but I wouldn't say that I've necessarily learned anything. So I wish you all the best with that, and hopefully you can come to uh, at least a compromise. Uh, uh, I've seen Gil- uh, Gilmore Girls like three times, and that was because I was dating a girl that was watching it. Does that count? Sort of. I'd say that's. I'd say that's on the fringe. You can kind of. You, you when I say when I say three times, I don't mean three episodes of Gilmore Girls. Three times the whole way. I mean, um, this person would watch a TV show, and then Gilmore Girls would be the palate cleanser before they watched another TV show. <laughs> so like, there had to be a full Gilmore Girls watch in between every TV show. So <sighs> I've seen. I've seen quite a bit of Gilmore Girls. <laughs> it's, it's not bad. It's pretty good. No, it's, I, a, it's a pretty good show. I've, I, I, I've heard I, good it's, things. It's all right. Uh, finally, I agree on conflict in books and movies. I am incredibly anxious. Will, you talking about your anxiety has made me more able to recognize the thing about mine. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. You're welcome. Uh, I reread books for comfort a lot as a kid, like Harry Potter, R.I.P. Yeah, really. And always dreaded coming to the conflicts, especially when they involve something low stakes but realistically embarrassing. I even considered skipping those parts. I'm glad to know I'm not the only one. Somehow, I really enjoyed a series of unfortunate events, though. Like Persimony Glitchit, Lemmy Snicket had his editor speak for him at engagements. Uh, editor in quotes. It was really him as Daniel Handler, his real name. And every book had an alliterative title. In season 12, Arthur talks about reading The Bellicose Bathroom. Finally, for real this time, it was cool to hear you talk about Tony Hawk. We share the same hometown, and I have dreams of meeting him one day. Have either of you seen the show Betty on HBO? It's about female skaters, and I think Lucas would particularly enjoy it. Yes, that's so funny that you bring that up. Um, the movie Betty is based on Skate Kitchen. Uh, me and my roommate actually just, that was while we were getting, so this is an interesting email because it's very timely. Like that was one of the things that inspired us to start going out and skating this summer was we, we watched the movie Skate Kitchen and we got all excited. Um, and I'm excited to watch Betty. We're, we don't have HBO, so shh, FBI, turn off this part. We're looking for like a good torrent of it. But uh uh, okay, FBI, you could start listening again. Um, yeah, so I, Betty is definitely way up in my alley. Um, and about Tony, Tony Hawk was actually supposed to come here. I, that's probably not still happening with coronavirus, but Tony Hawk was going to do like some exhibition in rural Nova Scotia. Did you hear about this, Will? I didn't hear about this at all. Let's see if I can pull this up. Well, Tony, uh, while you do uh, that, I haven't. I actually haven't heard of, of Betty, so add that to the li- the ever-growing list of things to watch. A quick PS here from Yoshi. As a high school English teacher, I love when kids bring in things to share, and I'm constantly flexible. And I've had much weirder than two boys bringing in a squirrel. Well, now i got to know what that is. Thank you, Yoshi. Appreciate that. No, uh, Lucas, I hadn't heard that Tony Hawk was coming to Nova Scotia. Will... Friggin' coronavirus robbed us yeah, no of kidding. this moment. This is so upsetting. Um, this is an article from August 2019. 
Tony Hawk will be swooping in Nova Scotia next year to make an appearance at the Jackalope Action Sports Festival in Truro on May 15th to 17th, 2020. Boo! I'm sad. Not just just Nova Scotia, but Truro. Whoa. Well, it's not happening anymore. Oh, Mm. and Matt Hoffman. Barry, the lead here, and Matt Hoffman, bro. Oh, man. There you go. Man, wow. Coronavirus. The the titans of, of... BMX and skateboarding, yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yes, you should watch uh, Betty Will. It's good. I'll check it out. Uh, quick one here uh, from uh, from Anonymous. Uh, this was the same person who sent us the Hamilton Arthur idea, which uh, turned out to be v- very timely because, of course, Hamilton is on everybody's lips as it's on Disney Plus uh, as of uh, Friday, which was part of my wife's birthday celebration. Uh this time comparing Arthur to Star Wars characters. couple of the good ones here. Arthur is Luke. Buster is Han Solo. Binky is Chewbacca. Brain is Yoda. And Mr. Ratburn is Obi-Wan Kenobi. I also like the Tibble Twins as R2-D2 and C-3PO. It's not bad. Ooh, I like that. Uh, or or maybe DW and Nadine as R2-D2 and C-3PO. Ooh, um, yeah. I don't, know about, I don't know about Brain being Yoda, though. I feel like you might be able to switch like... around Brain and Mr. Ratburn there. Brain, brain is the Obi-Wan role. Maybe. Bra- brain is definitely episode one Obi-Wan. <laughs> yes. V- yeah, I think you're right. A uh, quick one here from Norbert. As someone who's taking classes on writing and is looking to make narrative writing his career, I was really impressed by the advice in Fern and Persimony Glitchit. It was simple but actionable. I'm currently reading the screenwriting book Story by Robert McKee, and the episode of Arthur basically spells out the book's thesis, which is that conflict is the key to good storytelling. Norbert, I'm sure you already do, but also check out um, uh, lessons from the screenplay on YouTube. That might also be a big help to you, and it frequently draws from books like Story by Robert McKee. This one is from Martin. I'm glad you guys are still keeping safe and strong. Your show really helps me to reach comfort during these trying times. I wanted to ask and share with you guys about the subject of fear, since there's been a few Arthur episodes that deal with that subject. This might sound embarrassing to hear, but there's things before that scared me that I grew out of. But to this day, the Arthur episode, What Scared Sue Ellen?, has always had me on the edge. That's the thing about the old stuff for me. Sound designs, atmospheres, old voice acting that could be conveyed back then in cartoons like that episode of Arthur, or even things like the Abominable Snowman from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and the Wicked Witch of the West always stuck with me at random times in my mind that I sleep sweating and shivering at night because I'm so scared of them, as opposed to modern shows that are supposed to be scary, but for me they always feel uber-clean, sterile, edgy for the sake of being edgy and muffled in sound. Do either of you have something that's scary to you that most people think is minor? It's interesting, Martin, that you mention... The Abominable Snowman from Rudolph, because that scared me a lot as a kid. And uh, I find that there's this might be a little hard to explain, but basically, some of the scariest things that I see in film or anywhere is basically stuff that looks like my nightmares. Now, that sounds easy, of course. It's just like, of course, your nightmares scare you. But for me, it's the way that stop the, the way that, um, movies from the 1920s move like lucas you probably know what i'm talking about where it's like you take a movie like nosferatu yeah, the, or one the of those fr- the, the frame rate looks all crazy high with the, like with, everybody's moving a little too fast with the miss with the missing frames and everybody's kind of moving not how people should move there's a great um yeah there's a great david lynch short film it's called the i think it's the, the grandmother 
and pretty much everything in there is like deeply embedded in my brain as like scary. So that's kind of an example. <laughs> it's and it's a little strange. It's like that TikTok, scary, scary, scary. Yes, I I wasn't sure whether to do that because I didn't know if you knew about it or not. Because oh god, I'm watching so much TikTok, my brain is poisoned. Um, listen, no two no two for you pages are alike. Will like I don't know if you're on gay TikTok, straight TikTok, or frog TikTok. Uh, but there are three, you know, discrete different zones that you could find yourself occupied in. Uh, right now I am on Hamilton TikTok and it's not as fun oh, as gosh. gay. It's not Definitely. as, not as fun as gay, gay TikTok. I can tell you that. <laughs> uh, so Lucas, anything, anything kind of strange that scares you? Uh, when I was a kid, I was always scared by parts in movies and TV shows where like, people turn from good to evil. So mm. like, well, not necessarily good to evil, but like transformations. I think I've talked about this on the show before, but yeah. in Superman three, yes. where that lady gets turned into a robot, like scared me so much. I started crying. Mm. Um, similarly in the Spider-Man nineties animated series, when he turns into venom, cause he's got the symbiote really, really scared me. Um, that kind of stuff always used to mess with me a lot. Uh, like uh, Jim Carrey's the mask. Cause he's transforming. I never liked that. I was, just, I was that. just listening to a podcast about that today. Um, yeah, anytime where like someone like has like a turns into something, it always really like freaked me out. Mm. As an adult, not much. As an adult, like uh, the only thing I can think of is like I can't look at pictures of bugs sometimes. Like if yeah. I look at like a photo of a centipede, I kind of want to avert my eyes because yeah. it gives me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, I know. I I'm with you on that one. Our next one here is from Lion Dog ZXA to Lucas and the Cooler Lucas. So Lion Dog, you're off the hook now. What would you do if you were the host of an episodic podcast about the children's show Arthur? Would you run? Would you cancel it after five episodes? I'm pretty sure Will Young and Lucas Mancini would understand how that feels, as we'll see in today's episode of Elwood City Limits. All jokes aside, I recently listened to your For the Kids episode about Barney. That was a fun one to do. And I made an interesting connection. You mentioned how Barney was nearly canceled until parents and their children banded together to save the show. This reminded me of the Arthur episode, The Last of Mary Moo Cow, where DW gets help from her classmates to sign a petition to renew Mary Moo Cow. Making sense because Mary Moo Cow is meant to be the Arthur equivalent to Barney. Yeah, I didn't consider that before. I totally thought of, I forgot about that angle. And it almost assuredly was inspired by th- those real events, right? Like it, totally, because it, it would have been around the same time. Absolutely, and I th- I think that's no coincidence. I just total, I just completely didn't think about it while we were doing the episodes. Uh, Line Dog ZXA would like to see an ECL flash forward on Arthur takes a stand. So would I. I just need to find somebody to talk about it with. But uh, I. I'm, de- I'm keeping my eye on it. It's a recent episode of Arthur that's about uh, protesting. So, of course, it's... Uh, Ooh. I know, it's very, very timely. So, But uh, usually I don't do things until they're less timely. It's not by design. It's just... Uh, that's the way I work. But I'm, I'm, I'm rolling it around in my head. I need to get around to asking some people. In the previous episode, you two were discussing current animated shows you were watching. Continuing that topic, I'm curious if any of you have watched Avatar The Last Airbender. I recently watched the entire series for the first time. Loved almost every moment of it. If you've watched the show, what are some favorite or least favorite moments or episodes? If you haven't, do you have any other memories of other anime-styled shows? Uh, I definitely have. I watched it a few years ago, actually. And it's been a while. I've been kind of toying with the idea of watching it again. But I need to finish my... 
need to finish my watching of Friday Night Lights first. But I remember really liking it. Yeah, it was uh, it was a really great show, and I've also heard mixed things about uh, Legend of Korra. So we will see about that. But I think I think a rewatch is in my future sooner rather than later. Uh, as far as me, um, I never watched uh, Avatar. I had friends who were way into it. Um, heard nothing but good things. Uh, but yeah, like once I was 13 and I saw regular anime, you know, that's all I wanted to see, right? So, I, I mean, growing up, I, I remember like things like Martin Mystery, I guess, and like Totally Spies are like the closest like anime-inspired comparison from Western animation. But um, no, just, or, oh, okay, no, I got one. My favorite like anime-inspired Western show is definitely Teen Titans. I love that show. Oh, of course. Um, like like the OG one. I like the, the new one, too, partially animated in Halifax. Key, it's some animations done in Halifax. But uh, mm-hmm. that's a whole another thing entirely. Um, yeah, the original Teen Titans show is like a, a longtime favorite of mine. Uh, yeah, I remember I watched a little bit of that, too. I didn't quite follow it all the way, but, um, other anime-styled shows, I mean, I've always kind of, I've always, I don't know, this isn't, like, super anime-styled, but I feel like a lot of, you know, illustrators and cartoonists these days are very influenced by anime, so the first thing I thought of was Steven Universe. I really, really, really want to watch Steven Universe someday, but I need to get it all in front of me somehow. It'd be great if it was on Netflix or something, but it's not yet, so we will, we'll get there. Uh, and we have one here from Viv, who had quite a bit to say, but I wanted to kind of hammer in a couple of questions that she had here. Kind of similar to what Martin was talking about. When you were little, have you ever been scared of something very mundane that suddenly turned scary after you watched it on TV or something? I almost got scared of pickles from a Martha Speaks episode. So something that you became scared of after watching it on TV. Kind of like the episode that we were talking about, the squirrels. Um, hmm... I don't. Th- I don't think it was necessarily um, one show, but I've over my life I've become a lot more leery of birds. I'm not a big fan of birds. No, yeah, you're freaked out about birds. Yeah, it's like, it's much like the the, the titular film. Yes. Um, yeah. I don't know. What am I scared of from like <laughs> television? Oh, I, I know. know. Like um, cops. <laughs> sh- yeah, really. Uh, sharks. Shark's a big one because I saw Jaws. Oh. Saw Jaws when I was like ten or eleven, which which I mean I feel like I'd be scared of sharks anyway. But yeah, that kickstarted a big giant sea monster sphere for me. I'm trying to think of something that's like regular degular that like I was freaked out because of like a children's show. Oh, you know what it is? This is a weird one. There's an episode of Popular Mechanics for Kids. Yes, where they're trying to uh, explain like the crunchiness of bugs. And so there's like, he's like, oh yeah, it's like crunchy peanut butter. And it was like bugs in his peanut butter. That legitimately turned me off of crunchy peanut butter for like a decade. Oh man. What a, what a, what a blow. That sucks. Yeah, I know. I've I've now returned to it. We live in a, this is the kind of luxury I'm living in, Will. I live in a two peanut butter household right now. We got one for the roommate's smooth, I'm crunchy. You know what I mean? Look at you, Mr. Millionaire. I know, I know. Two peanut butters. All name over brand, there. too. You wouldn't catch me with the compliment <laughs> stuff. Man, look at the Mr. Moneybags just flexing over here. Exactly, exactly. Uh, speaking of the birds, uh, Viv found it less scary and more sad. Do you agree? I haven't seen the birds in a long time. That's uh, that's something I should put on the old letterboxed queue. Even on Letterboxd? Well, yeah, every, everybody on Elwood City, this is just a selfish plug. Please. Follow us both on Letterboxd. I've been having a blast with my stupid little 
like one sentence movie reviews. I, I've been, uh, I, I haven't gone back and added like everything I've ever watched because that would take hours and hours oh and God, hours. Yeah, but, no. but I've, I've added every movie I've watched in uh, calendar twenty twenty. Uh, yeah, and I'm trying to do the same as well whenever I watch a film. Like, I watched uh, The Truman Show and The Guest within the last couple of days. So, uh, if you want to, if you want to, go on Letterboxd and find out what I thought about them. But maybe the, I think the birds, I mean, I think a lot of Alfred Hitchcock movies are due for a rewatch or first time watch for me. Uh, Viv also wonders I'm in one. Find, what is my, I just want to, I'm sorry, I just want to shout out my letterbox proper. Let's see if I can find the account. Yours is William Y, I'm assuming. Oh, excuse me. Oh my gosh. Yours is uh, William Y? Yeah, l- let me, uh, let me find mine too. Uh, but I believe you're right. Yep, William Y, W-H-Y. So uh, yeah, go ahead and follow and me mine is, uh, just like it is on the Discord, Luchadier Jr. Um, L-U-C-H-A-D-E-E-R Jr. Mm-hmm. All one word. So, oh, and that's Jr. 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 Yeah, of yeah. course. Um, and Viv was wondering in one part of the episode, the squirrels. Arthur supposedly lies about how the darkness hurts his eyes because he wears glasses. Does this have to be true, Lucas? Does the darkness Does the hurt? Darkness hurt my eyes because you have glasses. Um, no. Sometimes it's hard to fall asleep because when I take my glasses off, it's like everything's blurry. Um, you ever okay? Close your eyes and you rub them with like your knuckles, and you know yes. how you get like fractals and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that sometimes happens just like looking into the darkness. I would say, Ugh. but I don't know if my eyes hurt. Okay. Hmm. Well, myth bu- myth busted there. Thanks, Viv. Appreciate it uh, for your email. We also got a Tumblr ask here from Kids Show Fan Twenty Eight. If you could hang out with any Arthur character in any place in Elwood City, who would you be hanging out with and where? Well, it's got to be the Sugar Bowl, because i got to get some of that ice cream that they have in that in this episode, one of those Sundays. And Yeah, as... and I'm going to say the tough customers. I'm getting up to no good. Ooh, good one. I'm going to say it would probably be, I mean, it's a bit of, it's a bit of a, uh, a bit of a stock answer, but it's Arthur and Buster. I feel like we would get along. We've got a very ch- uh, childish sense of humor, so I think we would <laughs> probably be good mates. Would you be also be in the Sugar Bowl, or would you be on like the Jungle Gym with the with the tough customers? We'd be behind the Sugar Bowl, tagging it. Will nice, good answer. We'd be, we, we, yeah, we'd be behind the the Sugar Bowl, committing vandalism. Um, you could learn some maybe, cool skateboard tricks from Molly. Ex- exactly, bringing the old skateboard. Just a little bit of you know, disobedience. Totally. All right. That's a lot of feedback. Thanks everybody. We really appreciate it. Uh, getting, getting into all of you. And if you would like to send us some Elwood city limits at gmail.com. We also take some from our Tumblr. Elwood, uh, Elwood city I haven't had to think about that one in a long time. And we also want to say thanks because in the last couple of weeks, we've gotten a couple of new patrons, and we are very excited to welcome them into the fold and into the ever-growing list of patrons who make this show not necessarily possible, but make it just a little bit brighter. Okay, so our new ones include the, the likes of Michelle Sprzynski, Hannah Lee, Owen, and Lee Goldson. We also have as patrons Teresa, Lion Dog ZXA, EJ Acra, Christine Lascody, Greg Hagai, Yoshi, Lily Warden, Melissa Avales, 
Josias Melendez, Andrew Power, Shelby Eden Dawkins Law, Matt, Pretty Cool Stairs, Marlo Stanfield, Rachel Pearson, Michaela Gibson, Kristen, Sierra S, Kat, Aaron DeFilippo, William, Shayna Bennett, Caitlin Harrington, Kaylin Krogall, Kevin Noon, Jake Bailey, Macy Ball, Riley Stevens, Joe Sue, Christine Wong, Stella, Froppy, Emily Kay, Shander Lefave Boten, John Griswold, Dan, Mike Dawson, Silva, Light Relentless, Ian Collis, Leanne S., and the person who was our very first patron, that would be Mr. John Dulong. Thanks, everybody. We really appreciate it. Well, we are getting started with this episode of Arthur, and it begins... Uh, this, this was, this hooked me, and I was a little bit sad that we didn't continue exactly where this was going with Desert Island Dish. It's, uh, it's Arthur of the Caribbean over here. Oh, Arthur, sorry, Arthur, yes, yo-ho-ho and a bottle of rum, me mateys. Um, there's mutiny on the bounty, because, uh, why is the rum gone, Arthur of the Caribbean? I mean, I guess I guess they would probably just be the East India Trading Company or the East Elwood City Trading Company because they're all dressed up like uh, colonial uh, soldiers as they're piloting a well, it looks like a pirate. It's a, just, a, I guess, a colonial ship during a terrible storm and they're trying to find land. Uh, so we see there's a little bit of a gag here where like there's a there's a fish in the water who is actually liking the fact that the waves are high. And in fact, we see him surfing on his tail. Lucas, when's the last time you actually heard someone say surfs up? Uh, it's probably when I watched the uh, WWE Mo- Mo- Studios original film Surfs Up 2. Did you, did you actually, did you actually up, watch uh, that? Yeah, it's bad. That's Oof. not a good movie, man. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Man's a penguin. It's just, that's brutal. That sucks. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear that. But uh, yeah, I guess. So do, and do they say surfs up in the movie? Uh, I, 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 now that you're really put, taking me to task on it, I can't say for sure. <laughs> I just had to be sure. I feel like saying surfs up in a movie called surfs up is a little on the nose. Maybe. I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I believe you in that it was, pro- it was probably bad. But I want to think that maybe they have that level of decorum of like maybe we shouldn't do this. I don't know. There's a movie called uh, "They Shoot Horses, Don't They?" So uh, who's to say if they they say? I, I feel like they have to say "Surfs Up" and "Surfs Up What" at least. Maybe not "Surfs Up 2. Who knows? Maybe. Uh, I'll never see it uh, unless you pay me. Uh, so the Arthur gang they are using this old the couple of old methods of finding land like Buster's up in the crow's nest. Uh, Francine is using like this, this like chickadee or this budgie or something and something about it with a coconut. I'm not entirely certain what this naval tradition is to find. Uh, yeah, I'm, this felt like it was like a parody of something, but I'm not entirely sure what. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a little bit lost on it too. Anyway, the, the point of the cold open is that they eventually find an island and it's like their own private island. And so I kind of thought that maybe we were going to be following this and seeing what happens with the private island. But no, it goes back to the to the nor- the quote unquote normal world after this one. And uh, much the way, li- the way everyone's dressed in this opening sequence and like just kind of the overall vibe, of it, it reminds me. What's that one Star Trek movie that starts off where they're on the like wooden ship? Oh, uh, Generations. Oh, is that Generation really? Wow. Yeah. Oh, what a <laughs> what a middling movie. Uh, but yeah, that's what that reminded me of. 
Um, so it's the end of the school year, just as it was for a lot of our listeners and for kids all around the world, although not much of a school year, I guess. The last week until summer, and uh, they're excited because Mr. Ratburn promised no more quizzes. And we even get a reference here to Miss Sweetwater's class because the kids in Ratburn's class are expecting one more final assignment. Whereas Miss Sweetwater's class, they've already they've already cleaned out their desks, they've already taken down everything. They're 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 basically just kicking back and watching movies and just putting their hands down their pants and all this kind of stuff. They're just they're just yeah, breathing. It was reminiscent breezy. of. Uh... It's funny that you mentioned Friday Night Lights when my friends were in junior high. I went to a different junior high than them, but they would tell me these tales about there was this one teacher where there was Friday Night Lights Thursdays where every Thursday in his class they'd watch an episode of Friday Night Lights. And then as they got closer to the end of the school year, every day became Friday Night Lights Thursday. That's actually amazing. And it's that's actually a really good show to watch, like to have a bunch of high school kids watch or junior high kids watch. That's That rules. What a great teacher. Uh, so they are all anticipating this final big assignment, whatever it could be. And it turns out it's a pretty common question. I feel like we've probably both gotten this before. What is one food you'd bring with you if you were stranded on a deserted island? An unlimited supply of one food on a desert island. So, So Will. Yes. It's time. Begs the question. (sighs) I know. It's... Uh, you, you know, I th- this was an interesting viewing experience, this episode, because this whole time, I was like the brain. I was like, there's got to be one food that I'm not mm, thinking mm. of that has everything. Like, I was playing by the rules. So I was like, it's got to be well, one so, food. So this is, this is what's interesting about this quandary, is we're not entirely certain what the rules are. Because to start off, everybody's talking about, like, junk food that they want, right? Like, so Francie's like, okay, barbecue chips. Yeah. And then Arthur's like, oh, yeah, like this, this brand new cereal, Buster. And that got me thinking, at first, I was like, okay, is this, like, one type of food or is this like one meal right like is is are you allowed to have lasagna or do you have to break it down to its individual components because i too was trying to metagame it to be like like i have some notes here off top off the jump i don't think this was invented yet but i was like okay so soylent Okay, yeah, uh, right. I think I think you had a better head for this than I did because I was also so my two picks, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a problem with other people's picks at the end of this. So my first pick was like, okay, so maybe it's something like rice, but, but I'm, I'm talking I'm talking but I'm talking about cooked rice because if I have to if I have to cook the rice myself, that's a bit of a problem. Because I'm on a desert island. What am I going to cook it well, with? Well, that's the thing, right? There, there's so many variables. Like, so, I Soylent was the one where I was I was just trying to, you know, bullseye, cover all my grounds in terms of nutritional value. Yeah. Um, but if we're talking about, like, again, individual ingredient components, then I would say potatoes, because they could be prepared so many different ways. Same with eggs. Right. 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 I was thinking about um, that, too. But then it's like, well, then I'd have to... I'd have to make something out of them somehow. Like what, what, what cooking uh, utensils do I have access to? I don't know. My other one was like, so can I say like chili? Because if you make chili a certain way, you get like beans, you get meat, you get tomato, you get vegetables. And, but, but then it's like, well then would I need to pick its components? I, I, I had the same kind of questions as you did. It's, it's too vague. I need, I need, you know, I need structure. I need boundaries. And, and like, I, I was like, well, could it be like a meal? Like I have like some sort of game meat, like deer, 
which is like super high in iron and 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 proteins and 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 vitamins and then also like supplement that with like avocado on the side which is like a super fruit like a super fruit superfood um like i was just trying to like there's no good way i mean that's the lesson of the episode spoilers there's no good way to be as healthy as possible while eating one thing and one thing only um but I feel like, you know, Mr. Rapper could have given us a little bit more to work with in terms of the framing because it, it's hard to figure out where the restrictions are. Yeah, and I, that in the end, that turns out to be everybody's downfall because, like you said, everybody at first comes to – I mean, when you're a kid, you answer this with your your favorite junk food. When I was a kid, I would have said Doritos or something. When I'm, in a, when I'm a 30-year-old, I say Doritos. But, uh, you know, barbecue chips – uh, Arthur says this new cereal called Cotton Candy Crunch, which sounds terrible. There's a there's a dream sequence where Buster first he's like, I want donuts. No, I want chocolate. No, I want mayonnaise. Straight. I wonder mayonnaise. I I would love to know how long one can live off just mayonnaise. I wonder how long would want to live off of just straight mayonnaise. <laughs> That's true. What comes first? Do you perish or do you just like walk into the ocean? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, it's so gross. And then Buster, I think later he settles on ice cream, which, I mean, better than mayonnaise, but practically. Mayonnaise adjacent. Yeah, but practically anything is. Oh, God, it just. Ugh. I, I like I don't dislike mayonnaise. I'm white. I'm to some degree. I am predisposed to like mayonnaise, but I don't want to exactly. just eat it with Something, a spoon. You're like 15 percent mayonnaise as, as a white person. Oh man, you take a look at me, and you know it's more than 15. <laughs> um, so yeah, everybody kind of gives these answers, and Mr. Ratburn, I think, actually did a pretty good job of explaining uh, why these wouldn't work. It like specifically, he's like, well, you wouldn't want this because you would be getting too much like if you had barbecue chips you would be having too much salt so you would need a lot more water or you know you wouldn't have want this because it's low in carbohydrates but uh brain is struggling particularly with this me and brain are on the same level here because he is also like there has to be one specific food that i'm not thinking of and since everybody kind of took the road of doing like a dessert or a snack uh ratburn gives them another chance and Brain is just kind of, for most of this episode, just kind of metaphorically pulling his hair out, trying to figure this out. We do we do get a, a cool scene at the Sugar Bowl, by the way. Did you, did you scope these Sundays that they're having, these box Sundays? Oh, no, I, I didn't notice this. These They're saying they're box. Let's see if I can scroll through. It's at, about, it's about, at about seven minutes in. I mean, it's served to them on like a tray. Oh, look at this. Yeah, yeah, the right? The maraschino cherries, got the trays. Okay, okay. Yeah, it looks it looks real, real good. Brain, like, straight up abandons his because he, like, has this million-dollar idea that he needs to see through. Um, he tries to take, he tries, he's, they they have, um, uh, like, a, f- a food, what what do we even call these now, Lucas? You know the color coded food guide, Canada's food guide. The fear, the food, the food pyramid. The food pyramid, but it's more of like a food staircase that he's right. got. It's like a food tent. Right. So okay, and that's kind of the pretense for this episode is that he's looking at the food tent. Um, everybody else actually looks at it too, and they all come to the realization it's like okay, we used to stack foods before. We're gonna all pick something healthy. But they're still doing the thing where it's like the individual components, and, and then brain's like, okay, we got to combine them all so we fulfill all the needs of the food tent. Now, 
Well. Yeah. When did this episode come out again? Like 2006? Something right around there, yeah. Culture's changed a little bit. Sure has, you know, Science man. has come a long way. It's been 14 years since 2006. I believe, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, haven't we done away with the food pyramid and realized that that was just like mind control from big dairy and big like wheat? Like, isn't the food pyramid mostly BS? There was a bit of a takedown of it. And, and, I do, and I'm, I'm not sure if I'm confusing the American, the USDA food pyramid with Canada's food guide. I don't think we do Canada's food guide the same way either. But there was something of like, yeah, it turns out that the reason that all of these portions are out of whack is because various special interest groups wanted to get you to buy more milk, like you said, or like uh, buy more bread or something. Like, it was all, it was a fix from the beginning, from the time we were kids. Okay, so there's a there's an article that I can't read because I have Adblocker on, but it says, it's on Forbes.com, and it says, a lot of what we, oh my god, this Adblocker, just give me a second. A lot of what we think we know about nutrition is wrong. Remember the food pyramid from the 1970s? Uh... A lot of uh, components of it have since been debunked. Death by food pyramid, why science is not what it seems. Huffington Post, the food pyramid is out. The food pyramid is wrong. Debunking the food pyramid. Yeah, it looks like, uh, it looks like Will, Arthur, the gang this week operating off bad info. Well, and now is the time to tell me that a an institution has been wrong for its entire existence because my faith in institutions, including food guides, are at an all-time low. So I yeah. heartily believe this, that we were lied to. Imagine if, if, imagine if like, instead, like, Mr. Rappern was, like, a big Joe Rogan guy. Whoa. And he was like, the secret, the, the, yeah. tr- the, true, the true answer, boys and girls, is to go keto. Okay, get you, get your caveman coffee, and uh, uh, we're we're gonna just be eating uh, ketogenic sugar and carbs are thy enemy, um, and then all the kids like start swinging kettlebells and taking nootropics. This makes me feel bad. This this conversation makes me feel bad now. I don't like this. Uh, but yes, the food pyramid and treating it like a staircase. Uh, brain is running up it. And so everybody is also, everybody's also kind of thinking on the same level. Like, there's got to be one food. So Arthur is like eggs, and Francine is like vegetables. But they're, le- but with, in choosing one of these, you're still leaving out like vegetables don't have X or veg or eggs don't have Y. Like, there's, n- there's, Brain's still looking for that perfect superfood. In fact, it's invading his dreams. He's dreaming about this stuff. In, uh, That's right. This so this this was a highlight of the episode. We got grocery wrapper with the hook. What is that? Like, am I missing a reference here? I don't. I I I mean, you could say it's a. I don't know. I know what you did last summer. That's like the hook guy, right? I mean, yeah, but there's also like the urban legend of the hook. And I was just like, it's Mister right. Ra- it's Mister Rapper in like the produce aisle, and he's got a Brussels sprout on a hook, and I'm like. What's happening here? Like, I was so confused. It's true. This is, like, very... It's watching... 
going back and watching this dream sequence now, it's it's interesting because it's like they try to make it sinister in that like the camera's really low when it goes on brain. Like it's like this kind of ominous, like what is going on here? Like Mr. Rapper's really underlit, but he's just a guy in a grocery uniform with a hook. And is that a lime? Was that on the hook? A lime? It, it, it's a Brussels, Brussels sprout. It's a, it's a Brussels sprout. They were talking about Brussels sprouts earlier. Yeah. And like, he, he's not like chasing brain or anything. He's just like, it's just a dude with a hook. If anything, yeah, this is just brain being ableist. That guy's just <laughs> working at the grocery store. 2006, I instantly believe you. Um, so from this, brain gets the idea of what is the actual solution. By the way, on this Arthur food pyramid, for some reason, you know, they have everything labeled off into like ve- vegetables, um, protein, that kind of stuff. They have a fats category, and it looks like the only thing in there is like a bottle of mustard. So I don't know what oh, that's yeah. about. That's like the olive oil. That is weird. And then they had a, well, that's, that's there. Cause theirs are different than the poster in brains room. If you pause it on the poster in brains room, I noticed this in the Canadian food pyramid meat. It's called meat and alternatives. Yes. Whereas on the uh, Arthur one, it's called meat and beans, which is meat to beans. say, uh, what, what the heck happened to the peanuts? Where do the peanuts go? Hmm. Yeah, I guess the fi- in the fats category? I, I mean, I, I also considered fish alternatives, even though that's pretty much meat. But yeah, exactly. You need to you need a little bit of a of a uh, a clearer or perhaps a less clear uh, misnomer uh, of what of what exactly that means. So the solution, it turns out, and this is a real like this 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 didn't I I, I gave a boo to this solution of everybody brings in their one food item, which happens to represent a different part of the food pyramid and it turns out that was the right answer all along because Mr. Rapper never said that they couldn't work together so that's what the actual answer was to eating a balanced meal and so I say boo to this solution yeah imagine being an, another kid in this class who wasn't in this group of like five <laughs> exactly it seems I mean it's it's the kind like George of George has a literal pub kid in front of him <laughs> He does. And uh, one of the other students has, like, bl- blocks of cheese. And it's like, okay, man. Like, look, you... it's one of those things where it's like, I never said that you couldn't. And just like, yeah, but it's kind of a lie by omission, all right? Like, it's it doesn't sit well with me. Also, to go back to what we were talking about, if you want to get really picky, Francine's selection is, like, a, a garden salad with olive oil. Salad is many different foods together in a bowl, and <laughs> olive oil is a side. So one. You get one. All right? And no we, olive oil, unless you just want yours to be olive oil. We need an it, alternate alternate ending to this episode where Mr. Rappard says, You're all wrong. I'm a tech bro, and it's the answer is Soylent. You need to drink Soylent all day, every day. Well, that's how I thought it was going to end, was that he was going to be like, actually, there is a food that you didn't think of, and it's this, like superfood that I just didn't, didn't consider, like beans or whatever. And he, he kind of does that. He's like, you forgot about one thing, and that's dessert. And he brings him a, brings him a funky-looking cake. And uh, he's decided to give them cake as a reward, and they're going to have a game of soccer. I think he even says soccer baseball. With well, the, capture or, the flag. Capture the flag, excuse me. I don't know where I got soccer baseball from. Uh, with Miss Sweetwater's class. So a nice for the, little... For the American listeners, ca- soccer baseball is what we call kick-a-ball here in Nova Scotia. That's right. That probably sounds completely foreign. I apologize. Uh, so a nice a nice little moment of uh, Ratburn being, being kind. And I, I liked that. But uh, 
in my in my eyes, he's still not off the hook for that for for hoodwinking everybody and potentially costing people like a passing grade on this phony baloney assignment. Anyway, we'll t- we'll get into that a bit later. For now, we're just going to take a quick little break here, and we'll be right back with the second DW-focused episode. We'll be right back. This podcast is supported by listeners like you, and here's how. Over on our social networks, you can follow us and find the latest updates and some fun photos. Facebook.com slash Elwood City Limits, at ECL Podcast on Twitter, ElwoodCityLimits.tumblr.com, and Elwood City Limits on Instagram. You can support us monetarily by going over to patreon.com slash Elwood City Limits. If you become a patron for as little as a dollar a month, you get access to exclusive audio content like our new PBS Kids show, movie reviews, and sneak previews of upcoming content. Support us as well by going to teespring.com slash stores slash Elwood city limits store or search Elwood City Limits on Teespring. Buy yourself a t-shirt, a tank top, or a hoodie with the Elwood City Limits logo or an exclusive design by our friend Josh. Elwood City Limits is available online at libsyn.com slash Elwood City Limits where you can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other podcast apps. Is it not on your favorite app? Let us know. And you can always help us by spreading the word, tell your friends, and send Send us a message either on social media or an email, elwoodcitylimits at gmail.com. Thank you so much for your continued support. And now, let's get back to the show. Well, we were talking about food so much. Uh, well, now, But now it's time to shh, keep it a secret. Shh, that's it's, right, time, it's a secret. time for the secret about secrets. Uh, hey everybody, it's, it's Elwood City Limits, everyone's favorite ASMR Arthur podcast. And today we're talking about what is it called? Secret, secret. What is this episode called? Well, the secret about secrets. Oh yeah, it's called the secret about secrets. I like the it, I like the opening where everything looks like Brady Bunch squares. I thought that was clever. Yeah, that was really cool. <laughs> okay, this is hurting my voice. I don't know if we can do that anymore. Hey man, we're not professional ASM artists. So we can't just go into ASM Arthur here. It's true. It's true. Oh, I see what you did there. I I'm surprised you didn't. I I thought that mm. was. You say ASMR, it already sounds like Arthur. It's just a bunch more letters. Yeah. A- so, ASMR is Arthur's name once he gets norded by the Heartless. Oh, God, please. Where are you? Okay. And well, you brought it up. Where are you now? Kingdom Hearts 2, baby. It's so much better. Oh, my gosh, Will. Will, in Kingdom Hearts 2, you get a skateboard. It's sick. Yeah, you do. That's right. I forgot. I forgot. I completely forgot about that when we were talking about it. Uh, but yes, Kingdom Hearts 2, big improvement in practically every way. The story depends, 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 depends oh, on your feelings. Oh, I don't know. We got the my homies in Organization 13, Axel, you know, Xehanort, Ansem, all, all that jazz. Good stuff, Will. We're in the Mulan world. <laughs> nice. Elwood City Limits, got it memorized. Okay, you're not oh, at that part yet. You'll 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 get it. You will. Trust me. It's huh. anyway. I had to ask. Uh, so this episode is all centered on DW about how she wants to be let in on a secret because so many people close to her have secrets that, of course, they're not going to tell her, and she wants to be special. She wants to be let in on a secret. 
Um, and we get that uh, the Brady Bunch thing is when you know Arthur, Buster, her mom, uh, her friends at school are all like, "We have a secret," and DW's like, "No, I want a secret." She's literally begging you and I at home to let her in on a secret so that she can be so that she can feel special. And I feel like that's you know a pretty typical thing for younger kids who uh, are who want to be part of something. Basically, a lot of this episode can be summarized as. DW wants to be in on a secret, but doesn't have one. I, I'll right. be I'll, I'll be honest with you the 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 pace of this episode is rather slow. Not a whole lot <laughs> super happens. There was a point where well, she's yeah well there's a point where she's talking to the Tibble twins and Tommy pretends to talk on the phone with his grandmother and then and I thought he was talking into a chip clip, but it turns out he was talking into something else. Really, this episode really made an impression on you, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it made me hungry for chips. The, the, a lot, lot of chips here. There's a chip clip in this episode. There's a barbecue chips in the last one. Oh, man, I'd love some chips. <laughs> um, so, yeah, DW wants a secret. Uh, she's jealous because, like, she keeps hearing about these secrets. She's got all these plans. Uh, first, she tries to make one up, but it doesn't count as a secret if you know, no one tells one to you. Right. And then her next plan is to make one up and pretend someone else told her the secret. And then the Tibbles with their chip clip phone, uh, quickly get DW to, you know, give up the goods and, and admit that she did not hear the secret because she's like, Oh, I heard it from, I forget where, where does she hear it from? And then she said that person heard it from the Tibbles grandma. I don't remember. I'll be, I'll be completely honest with you. I don't remember. Uh, and then, and then the Tibbles blow DW situation wide open. Um, and she like falls and scrapes her arm or something. Um, and then, yeah, she she scrapes her elbow. She ends up going to the office and lo and behold, serendipity. Uh, there we see James who will is in this season. Does James have a new voice actor? I don't think so. Um, I, this sounds pretty similar to the way that he sounded in the past. It's just that he sounds like more, like a child than a lot of the other voice actors. That's what I was going to say is James sounds like the only Arthur character. That's like an actual child. He almost sounds like cat bug from, um, Oh gosh. What was that online only cartoon network show called? Uh, uh, Oh jeez, Bee and puppy cat. No, no. Same. Very similar thing. Cat bug. bug. Bravest warriors. Bravest warriors. That was online only. Uh, I think so. I don't think that was on television, but um, okay. Catbug was just like a kid. Okay. Yes, and uh, d- 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 ah, I was trying to think of another example where that's happened, where you just get a literal kid, or like um, like uh, Kyle's little brother in South Park is played by like an actual child. Right, right. Uh, it says here that uh, James is played by an actor named Jesse Camacho, so may have been a child at the time of recording this. I'm not sure. Um... Yes, yeah, so, by the way, in the office here, we see a brand new character that we've never seen before. Who is this, like, preschool nurse slash principal? This, she's, she's totally new. Never seen uh, hide nor hair of her before. Well, you know what? She's earned her spot. Actually, nope, never mind. I was going to give her throwaway character of the week, but that definitely goes to someone else this week. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, I wonder if th- she kind of has DW's haircut. Yeah, a little bit. You're right. I do. I do kind of see it. It's like it even has the kind of the the C shaped curve that goes around to her mouth. You're, yeah. Huh. 
That's good eye. I totally missed that. Uh, one th- another thing about James is that his little kid voice, like the the fact that he sounds like a real little kid, makes me feel really bad for him for what happens in this episode. He's he just sounds, um, very he sounds very shy. He sounds very reclusive, and it's just like. Hi, DW, please don't tell anybody. And I'm like, oh, you poor little baby. He's so he's so unassuming. I, I think he's really cute. Yeah, but, no, uh, I feel so bad for him. I'm like, oh my god. This is I usually have a pretty long uh leash for DW. I kinda get a kick out of her shtick. A lot of people get really annoyed by DW. We've talked about this at nauseum. But this time I was very actually invested. Once these stakes were were put into play about like, oh no. Don't right. reveal his secret. I was, yeah. I was like, oh, please, DW, don't, don't, don't ruin this for everyone. I felt, I also felt very protective of him because he accidentally split his pants uh, right. down the seat of them. So he's trying to make sure that nobody knows. So DW kind of, as she does with Lucas, uh, with Lucas. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry, slip of the tongue. Uh, <laughs> with, with James, uh, kind Listen, of. No, I'm not, I, I, I'll hold on. This definitely happened to me when I was in elementary school. Are you kidding me? You never had to, you know, split your pants, poop your pants. Your mom's got to drive to school to bring you new pants. Come on, people. I got no secrets. See, this is my style. Is I got nothing to hide. I'll tell the whole dang, uh, podcast audience. <laughs> you got, you got no secrets. You got no, no shame. No shame. Exactly. You don't even have to subscribe to the Patreon. You can just hear this on the main feed. (laughs) That's a little something for you. Uh, So DW badgers James into sharing his secret, and then DW has to not tell anybody. And she has uh, this imagination that she's finally let into this secrets club where everybody has this, like, glowing multicolor bag where you put your secrets. Lucas... Fit check on the Secrets Club. Okay, so let's... This is the highlight of both of these episodes, is the Secrets Club. This whole thing is insane. So, DW rolls up to this, like, speakeasy that's in the middle of the woods. And she's greeted by, yeah, this dude in the Secrets Club who's got the all-denim fit. You know, he's got the dark denim pants, the light denim vest, a black tee, light... Stonewashed denim vest with the black tee, inspired look. Then we see the inside of the Secrets Club, and it's got this weird, like, there's these, like, art deco, like, columns, and all these, like, house plants. There's, like, a root beer bar in the back, and everybody's wearing, like, there's, like, a weird mishmash of kind of people in here. There's, like, one guy, I thought he was wearing a cloak at first, but I think he's just wearing a hoodie. Everyone's got drinks, and they all got these, like, glowing green bags. And because it's, like, all secretive, and, like, some people are doing, like, Korean barbecue or, like, fondue or something at their table. I was like, what is going on here? What is this, like, eyes wide shut, like, secret society (laughs) where everybody's got these weird bags? What's in these bags? Is this, like, a metaphor for drugs? Like, what is this? Um, like you were saying, this, this DW secret episode is a little slow, so this really knocked me, knocked me back awake when we got to this dream sequence. Um, cause it's like, not, there's not a single recognizable Arthur character in this secret club. Like they used all, it would be something if they, like, she was dreaming, like everybody else she knew had a secret, but I think like the art team just got to go wild and there's all these like original characters in here. It's why it's crazy. 
Yeah, it's very visually interesting, which does help to kind of perk it up a little bit. When it transitions away from the Secret Club, I was not aware, I was not immediately aware that this was part of the dream or that this wasn't real. So, like, there's a bit of a fade out to what we assume is real life, but it's DW telling Emily James's secret, and then Emily immediately tells the Tibbles, and if, to which I wrote, Emily, you dumb. Like, she's just like, I'm just going to tell the Tibbles. I'm like, yeah, what do you think that's going to be? But I don't, but this doesn't actually happen, I don't think. I don't, like, no, at first I was mortified. Like, yeah, yeah so I, I, yeah, I think me this, too. Is, this is also part of a dream. Because um, at first I was like, oh my god, it's all becoming undone. Um, the secret spreads immediately. And everybody's doing their ASMR voices like we were doing at the start of the show. Um, and then they start chanting at, uh, at James that he's ripped his pants. It's horrible. It's, it's really hard to watch. Um, and there's then we realized e- that it was just DW dreaming. There's even, yeah, I said this betrayal had to happen to poor James. There's even a transition out of this imagination or this dream or whatever it is when James like puts his hands on his head and like the, and like the screen rips in two. <laughs> He's been mind crushed. It, been yeah, sent to the shadow me. realm by his, his inner truth being released. Well, remember they did something similar to that in Arthur's big hit when like they did the 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 glass crumbling effect when Arthur found out that his oh. uh, that uh, DW had thrown the plane out the window. I forgot about that. Yes. Yeah. So nothing, not necessarily new, but like wow, it was it was just a little visual flourish I appreciated. Um, so yes, this was a dream, and now DW is finding it really difficult to keep her secret. She wants to tell. She she keeps saying to Emily, like, I'll tell you tomorrow. And one of mom's suggestions I, I, was... I love this part. So DW is like, it's like she's a drug addict or something. Like, she can't help herself. Like, when she, like, runs home from school early because she, like, is so scared she's going to blurt out James's secret. Like, I was really into this whole, this whole bit. Uh, and her mom's suggestion is that think about something completely different, like Christmas. So DW is like humming Christmas carols to herself, but then eventually it's like, like, hmm, hmm, James split his pants, like in her head. She's thinking that. And it's just like, it yeah, keeps invading her. her. Her mom was trying her best. Think about like Christmas is not the most constructive advice, I think. No, it's uh, especially when you're as far off from Christmas as it seems like they are in this episode. So DW is like white knuckling it through the whole day. I loved it when she gets into the car at the end of the day. She just goes to mom, drive. <laughs> uh, so DW, eventually she puts a name to this. She has another dream in the secret club where uh, I, she like, is, is it, is it they, get, they get mad at her because is she taking other people's secrets or did she look at her own? It's her, it's, it's neither her bag starts to open by itself. The secret is out. That's what's another weird layer to the secret club is that like these bags are like almost sentient that they start to move. And then this, this sends the secret club into kind of hysterics and they, they threaten to throw her out of the secret club if, if the secret gets out. Um, and yeah, and then the DW is like wrestling with the bag. It like escapes, um... And it goes right out that door. And so with and right into the James and Emily. And then it opens. This is very Lynchian. Um, do you remember the part in Mulholland Drive where you finally get to see what's in the blue cube? 
and then uh, the camera <laughs> yeah. just goes into it, and you never get to see what goes into it because that's just you like waking up from the dream. That literally happens in this part because the bag opens and we go into the bag, and then DW wakes up. Right. <laughs> uh, very, very good. Uh, very good comparison. I like that a lot. Um, yeah, and. So, yes, right, the dream is over, and DW has put a name to this feeling that she has of trying to keep a secret, secret-itis. Uh, in fact, she call essentially calls in sick that day, and uh, Mom gets Grandma Thor over to come and look look after her. Mom, in a real good move here, is like, DW needs a flop day. So I, I appreciated that she, like, pretty much saw right through, but it's like, all right, you can take a break. It's fine. Uh, so Grandma Thora gets to talking to DW about secret itis, which I thought was a very delightfully four-year-old phrase. I could see my niece saying something like that. Uh, so Grandma Thora has an idea for how to get rid of secret itis. So they take a paddle boat out to it looks like halfway to Button Island, as we saw in, the, in a season I one about episode. Button Island. Yeah, that's at least what was on my DW mind. DW was trying to run away from home, right? Precisely, and. Uh, yeah, they, it's a, like a paddle boat out to Button Island. Grandma Thora gives her a seashell, and she yells her secret into the seashell as loud as she can, and then she throws it out into the lake. And there it is. There's Her secret is at the bottom of the lake forever. And it's a, it seems to calm DW down and kind of take the pressure off of her. And in fact, that's the secret she ends up telling Emily, that she put her secret at the bottom of the lake. And uh, the only other thing I have to add is that there's a little piece here at the end where two seagulls are kind of floating on the water, and one of the bubbles from DW's uh, seashell comes up to the top of the lake, and it's like her yelling, like, James split his pants! And the seagulls look at each other and kind of shrug, and then fly away. I thought that was, (laughs) I love the animation on them, I thought that was funny. And that's about that. That that's uh, that's about it. Um, unless you had anything else you wanted to say about this particular oh. episode. Yeah. Before we move on, the I forgot to mention the throwaway character of the week is, of course, the bouncer at the secret club. I kind of thought uh, that you, that you might guy. take a shine to him. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but no, that's that's. I think it's time for final thoughts. I got. Well, I got a secret. What's that? And uh, the secret is. Um, uh, that first episode we watched, uh, I see, I wrote down Fight Island Arthur Edition for this first episode because <laughs> uh, UFC Fight Island is this weekend. Oh my um, gosh. And at first I thought this was all going to be like Desert Island based. Um, but no, uh, what is the episode called, Will? The episode is called Desert Island Dish. Yes, so Desert Island Dish. The secret is this episode is odd. Um, it's like. The most after-school specially we've ever seen Arthur. Like, really, the last half of this episode is just kind of nutrition facts being said to you by Brain and then Mr. Ratburn. Um, At the first half, I thought it was kind of clever because I was doing the exact same thing you were doing where I was like, oh, my God, what's the secret food? Like, I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to metagame it. And that's once I realized that, no, Occam's Razor... The, the true moral of the story is you should have a variety of foods in your diet. I was like, oh. Um, usually Arthur episodes are a little bit more nuanced and creative with their lessons. Um, this reminded me of some of the other PBS shows we've been watching, where it's just kind of an over-the-head, uh, really basic, just little kids teaching them how to eat properly moral. And so 
I kind of have mixed feelings because I thought it was fun. I thought it was fun thinking about food and seeing whatever food. It's interesting to hear what every Arthur character would want to bring as their food on the desert island. Just like it is interesting hearing their star sign. Anything that teaches us more about the individual group is interesting. But once it gets to the second half where it's just kind of nutrition facts, I was like, I don't know. This is a pretty weak episode. What about you, Will? I agree that in in that I felt it was also odd too. It moved it moved differently than a lot of other Arthur episodes tend to do, and for a while I was with it. Like I was with it because I was interested in kind of the mystery that maybe I kind of ended up I maybe ended up playing myself here of just like oh what is this food what could it what could it be what perfect food are they going to come up with and I was playing the game myself I was like okay what would I bring would it be rice would it be chili no that doesn't make sense what would it be and then when we got to the end it was like oh I felt I felt a little I felt a little cheated I didn't mind the journey that I took but the solution eh, I I, I, as I said, I said boo, and I also thought it was odd that we t- that it ended up being a kind of surprise message episode of like the food pyramid and balanced food. And I'm like, aren't we kind of beyond this? Like, isn't this a little, or isn't there a more elegant way to do do it? At least for Arthur, I don't know. Odd is the word. I I, I liked it. I I had fun with it, but. It's such a strange outlier and a lot different than the way other Arthur episodes are kind of told. So, yeah, it sticks in my mind, but not because necessarily I think it's necessarily good or terrible. It's just kind of unusual would be the word. Lucas, I have to admit, with The Secret About Secrets, I'm starting to get tired of DW episodes. And that's because I feel like... Oh, I did not expect this. Well, okay, so let me... I feel like we've gotten a lot of DW episodes recently that are set at her school and that feature characters like Emily and the Tibble Twins. And I feel like those episodes are the ones that are especially written for really, really little kids. Like, the message of this one is that, like, you know, if you have a secret, you have to make sure that you keep it kind of thing, like really basic stuff. And there's only so many ways you can tell that to be interesting to people of our age let's say which i feel like arthur doesn't have a problem with a lot but in these types of episodes just like man this is when this really feels like a kid's show which i some which i don't necessarily look at arthur all the time as but yeah it's with the secret about secrets as, as i kind of said i didn't feel like it's not that i didn't feel like but i didn't feel like there was a lot to to talk about in terms of like the story it was just kind of like DW learns a secret. She doesn't tell the secret. Okay. Like, very, very basic. Some of the visual stuff I thought was interesting. So I think that's what Arthur can bring to the table when it's not as much of a story episode. There can at least be something fun to look at. So they did do that here. But otherwise, I feel like there's not a whole lot there for me. And, you know, we've been watching this watching this show for, uh, for, four, for going on four years. And it's just like, okay... Like, let's just, I would rather move on. I'm not really going to think about this episode again. So I, it's funny, I feel very similar about the secret episode as I do the first episode. And it's, I kind of echo everything you say in that, you know, they both kind of seem a little bit too on the nose, a little bit too, um, of young and non kind of nuanced morals, like the kind of morals we would expect in other, uh, 
kids shows of Arthur's cal- a little bit below Arthur's caliber. Uh, the difference is I liked the secret episode a little bit more. And the sole reason was that the weirdo dream sequence was better, right? What we had in the, um, in the desert Island dish episode is, uh, Mr. Rapper with a hook working at a grocery store. Didn't really make any sense. It was just kind of confusing. It wasn't even scary. It was just odd. Um, the secret club. I want a whole show about the secret club. That place was insane. I had a feeling that they would capture your imagination in one way or the other. So I've, I'm glad we I'm glad we took time to talk about it that way. Like they're, and, like they're yeah. stopping DW at the door. Like he's got the little the little eye window thing, and you're only allowed in if you have a secret. It's just it's just wild. And like I said, usually even in the episodes we're not crazy about. There's still a little, like, one or two things. Like, there's rarely one that is just so bad in every way or just not memorable. So we'll remember that, but that's that's about it. Anyway, uh, like, I don't, I no longer relish DW episodes the way I did anymore because it seems like they're, for an especially younger audience. And as we've been talking about on our Patreon podcast for the kids, there's not a whole lot of joy to be had in watching shows that are made for very, very little kids, unfortunately. So we will see about that. And uh, speaking of for the kids, Lucas, uh, that's what we're going to be talking about something next time. That was something that we both watched as kids. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping holds up in some way. That's right. We're going East with the next episode uh, for the kids. Uh, We're watching Sagwa. Sagwa, you're my best friend. Um, you know, friendship ended with, what does that mean? Friendship ended with Will Young. Now Sagwa is my best friend. Um, that's, that's going to be next week. You're going to be paying your Patreon residuals to Sagwa. And of course, if you are a patron on patreon.com slash Elwood City Limits, you will be getting that episode, uh, next week. But two weeks from now, we'll be getting back into ECL Arthur again. The best thing about a bad Arthur episode is that there's another Arthur, well, and not even saying that these are bad, but... Whenever I'm disappointed by an Arthur episode, there's another one around the block ready to greet us. So we we get to give it a whole new try. Uh, So next time, Lucas, we're going to be talking about Feeling Flush and Family Fortune. Four Fs. And I'm hoping that Family Fortune is a uh, Family Feud episode. Oh my goodness. Could you imagine? It's been a while since we've had a good game show episode. Yeah, maybe we can get Richard Con- uh, Richard Ki- Richard Kimball. Rich- it's not Richard Kind. Richard Kimball is the 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 home improvement guy, or maybe Louis Anderson. Um, De- see, this is showing. I was never a big feud guy. See, my me, my feud is uh, what's his name? Uh, I don't want to host this show no more. What is that oh, guy? Uh, Steve, Steve oh Harvey. How could I forget? Yes, that's 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 who I think of when I think of the feud. But I know a lot of people. I forgot about the home improvement guy. What's the guy who's like always kissing people? They all kind of do that. But like there was uh, one guy who was like extra creepy about it. I think that might be somebody from way back in the day. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Again, I am also I'm also not much of a feud head. But uh, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna have to wait and see uh, when we come back to ECL proper. For now, we appreciate you listening. Thank you everybody for your feedback, and thank you to our new patrons. And we will be seeing you guys next time uh, for Elwood City Limits. My name's Will Young, and for Lucas Mancini. Uh, oh gosh, I don't think I wrote down a single quote this episode. Will, nobody had a funny line this episode. I don't know what to do. You're kidding me. Oh my God! This is, oh geez. Now, now this we get to scramble. This is unprecedented. 
I mean, I got huh. unused jokes. Like I, when we were talking about the the Tibble Twins calling their grandma, I wrote down the Tibble Twins have T-Mobile sidekicks. I don't know if that's funny. Um, well, they kind of giggle out of me. Kind of. Well, there we go. The well, Tibble Twins that use a T-Mobile sidekick. It's 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 uh you know it's it's we're bringing back around that thematic. It, we were talking about Tony Hawk earlier. And now we're talking about T-Mobile sidekicks to send you off. So uh, we're bookending the episode with our early 2000s talk. We meant to do that. We'll see you next time. And and keep enjoying your summer.